Maybe you can give the worship team a hand, but also Christ be all around us. Give the Lord a hand. Now, oh, thank you. There we go. Thanks, Kobe. Mm. I don't want you to, I said to Q&A, I don't want you to switch off your minds. So my prayer is that your minds will stay alert. I don't think we're finished yet. I feel there's something more that God wants to do tonight. So it's, whether it's me in my sermon to you, whether it's God just doing something to you in your chair, but be open because I feel there's something more. I'm always in a place of more. I don't know why, but if something happens, I think, but there must be more. There's an old song. Yo, um, don't know whom of you know Third Day, the band. Thank you. There's a song they sing that says there's more to life than being born and dying. So people get ready, okay? So I always, that song got stuck in my mind when I started studying theology here. You guys in the evening service know many times we pray for the year of lifers when they go out. There we go. Thank you. When they go on outreach and things like that. Tonight it's our privilege to pray for them. It's their last service in the evening service for some of them. Only for some. And for some, it's the beginning of new things with us. But I would like you guys, if you don't mind, to, you are welcome. If you know someone in your life, to walk up to them, put your hands on them. I'm going to ask them to stand. We're going to stretch out our hands to them. We're going to give them a special prayer because they've been so blessing us in the evening service. So you guys can stand. Please go for it. Q and Raquel, you can stand with them. Q and Raquel, <laughs> he says he's supposed to be here. So Q and Raquel, they're the guys that's actually, guys and girl, you know, husband and wife, that's been leading the Year of Life, guys. For those of you who know, don't know what's happening, the Year of Lifers give a year of their life to the Lord. And some of them five, six years. But they give their lives to the Lord in full for that year. It's really cool. And the Lord has done amazing things in them in this year, but I know through them as well. Um, I've been having the privilege of spending some time with the guys. Um, it's nice with the guys. We get to kill fish and things like that and eat it for breakfast. Yeah, a short story. <laughs> Your hunt caught a fish. But I remember from last year, we went on the guys' week. So Johan catches a fish. And um, last year, someone else caught a fish as well. It's also a trout. We usually catch bass. But in, there's sometimes this funny trouts, they go for the bass lures. Anyway, so the trout got the bass lure, and he died last year. So with that in the back of my mind, Johan, he caught a trout. He's like so excited. He says, what do we do with it now? And I stuck my knife right through its head. And I said, we just got breakfast. I'm not going to let it die again. This time I'm swimming into the dam to eat it. So we got back and we scaled it and gutted it. I did. They didn't want to touch it. But they all had of it. So it's nice. Yeah, so we had good fun together. Listen, so yeah, please extend your hands to them. If you want to lay hands on them, you're more than welcome. Go for it. And let's pray for them. Father, it is an absolute privilege to be able to pray for this group of young people as they have their last evening service here tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will truly bless them, that you will minister to them as they leave. I pray that this year will be a stepping stone into what you have for them in the future, that years and years and years from now, they will still remember 
the things, the foundations you build in this year for them. I pray the Lord that you will provide whatever they need for them to fulfill the purpose you have for them. I pray that they will be blessed in their coming and their going, that they will move from strength to strength in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that they were such a blessing to us this year. And I pray that as they go, they will just receive that hundredfold in whatever they step. And I pray Luke 2.52 over them, when Jesus, just after he was lost from his parents in, in the temple, he went back and the Bible says from that day, he grew in wisdom and stature and he had favor with God and man. And I pray that over them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If we can give them a hand, it will be really cool. There's another scripture that came to mind. Um, it says in the Bible that God will complete the good work he started in you. And I know the work that started here. Um, I don't want to go too much off the topic, but tonight's sermon is about relationship. So it's so awesome. So um, I am all for relations and relationships and everything. I'll get into that a bit more now. But in 1997, when I did service here for Christ, I still now use some of the things that I've learned there to help people and some of the things we learned how to serve and to minister to people. So this year for you guys, like I said, it was a stepping stone. Years and years from now, you will still remember this happened in that year, good or bad. Because I know some things, some of the things in my service year for Christ I really don't want to remember. But yeah, God works everything together for the good. Amen? Amen. Okay, so tonight I want to make apologies for Davi. If you can keep him in his prayers, he's a bit sick. He got, fell sick during the week. And um, he texted me this morning and he says, Buddy, I am really sorry. I cannot preach tonight. So I know some of you were very excited to hear him. Unfortunately, you're stuck with me now. And um, yeah, good. God is good. So it's nice because this morning I only read the title, Face of Friendship in Thessalonians, in the theme that we're in. And I thought, wow, you know, because I'm all about friendships, I'm all about relationships. Um, just to give you some background into, or just a, a, a bite into my life, um, some of the guys here that know is that they stay sometimes still 20 past one at our house, um, won't say who they are, they will start laughing soon. But it's Olivia's fault because she invited them back in. They wanted to leave at half past 11. So yeah, anyway, so what happened is, so this weekend, to give you an idea, um, we fetched my mother-in-law at the airport. We're so happy. She's here after about a year um, of being in the States, in the USA. And um, when she heard the topic, she goes, oh, that's fun. You're just going to share with the people and not read any scripture. Because give you an idea, Thursday afternoon, I got home um, and uh, it's funny because Fridays we as pastors are off, okay? So we're supposed to take a Sabbath day. So I get home Thursday afternoon and I look at Olivia and I'm like, it's weekend, baby. And she goes, no, no. And I said, yeah, I am super excited for this weekend. So we ended up this Friday morning. I coached at the CrossFit Box, got home. We um, went out with friends of ours. They took us to Krugersdorp. We discovered new places. I had to say no to Olivia so many times because there were enamel pots everywhere. She, she, she just gathers that from all over the world. And um, so we went out with them. We just make it in time back, got dressed. Fortunately, kids were fetched by Oma and Opa. 
and we went out with other friends to their birthday party, and we got home at about 11. Saturday morning, I woke up, and I came to the men's event that was held here. I was here at about 20 to 7 already, just started to help with making um, the breakfast, and a lot of guys came to help. It was good fun. We catered for about 180 guys. There was a lot of bacon left over. We had fun. Uh, I had a bacon like hangover. It was crazy. But anyway, we just had so much bacon. Then after that, we rushed. I got home. I said to my family, get in the car. And we went to an India function of the CrossFit box. From the CrossFit box, we drove all the way to the airport, fetched my mother-in-law. From the, there, we went to my brother-in-law's house. And it was a good social. I woke up this morning. I'm like, <gasps> church, more people. So that's how relational I am. Every time I think of somewhere when people is involved, I get very excited. Meeting new people, old people, young people, people for the first time, doesn't matter. So from that basis, I want to start sharing with you tonight because where we are with the theme with Paul in Thessalonians, what happened is, before I get there, I want to tell you just two stories, two more, from, from earlier in my life, just to give you some more background so that I'll, I'll come into my points just now. When I was in school, I used to go to school, I was in school, I finished matric, sorry, thank you very much, I say, yeah. It was all my dad's fault. He prayed. If he didn't pray, I wouldn't have made school. But anyway, so in 90, no, I'm not going to say that. In my matric year, <laughs> sorry, that was bad. In my matric year, I rededicated my life to the Lord full on, where I said, Lord Jesus, I cannot do anything except with you helping me. And I surrendered myself completely. And we were a big friendship circle, as big as you can get in a school with 600 pupils. I know with some of you guys grew up in schools where that was just your matric class. But for me, that was a big school. We were only 80, 86 pupils in my matric year in our class. So all the guys moved together. We were a big bunch of guys together, a group of friends. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, I was shifted out completely, out of the crowd. And I had one friend left that even, wasn't even in our school. So, um, yeah, on weekends I used to visit him. Um, he was in a, in a different school, and um, he always stuck with me from Standard 7. Um, my sons aren't yes, so I won't have to explain to them again afterwards. But the one time in my life where I felt the most guilty for smoking was, because I used to smoke, I don't smoke anymore, just, okay, put that on the recording, um, was in front of this friend of mine. And um, we were visiting at another friend's house, and her mom didn't mind us smoking, so we used to go there so that we can smoke and do all the wrong things. Um, you get parents like that. And um, so, yeah, so he was there that night with me, and I smoked in front of him, and I never felt so guilty in my entire life. And he never once said, Gideon, what are you doing? But there was such a genuineness from friendship with us. And he stuck with me through everything. And when I eventually came around and I said, Lord, I surrender everything to you, he still was there. And I could go and visit him on the farm. And we used to build implements and you know, do all sort of hard labor. His dad was a slave driver. And um, his dad used to say, when the school finishes, he says, great, holidays finish, now work starts. And in school holidays, you used to work, but really hard. And yeah, so that was the first, that's the first story I want to leave with you. Is when I got born again... I didn't, I was shifted out. So I experienced, I want to say persecution. Raquel, you say that's similar where you come from, where if you're a Christian, you're completely shifted out. Am I right? 
Mm. So, so it happens that you are shifted out of circles of friends when you become born again. Then another place where I experienced losing friends was um, when I've spoken to you guys before. I see there's a lot of new people here. So I'll just quickly say, um, years ago I had my own business and um, life just happened and we lost everything. And in that, um, we had to go through a thing called sequestration. And it's a very, in many times, it's humiliating. For me, it was fine because I was out of debt overnight, which was great. Um, it's all about perspective. <laughs> see you laughing, Andy, it's true. <laughs> it's really perspective on how you see things. But on the other side, people really judge you as well. So in losing everything, I realized what true friendships are. You get friends that really just come alongside you and just listen. And they stick with you through everything. And it's very similar to the first story of my friend when I got born again and the others rejected. He was with me. And even when we went through things and lost everything, there were friends that really wanted to give advice from a good place. But who knows that sometimes you cannot take all the advice from all your friends because you might go crazy. And if you do everything that everybody says, you might end up doing nothing. Okay, wow, that's good. So yeah, remember that. That's very important. So in both these scenarios, we had friends that were sticking with us and friends that left us. And then I want to move into a place, again, about friendship. I see some of you on your Facebook profiles, you've got about 1,000 friends that's on your profiles. And I, I always wonder how many of those people we really have close relationships with, like real you know, I can contact you right now and say, buddy, pray with me, you know? Or all your friends are like that? No. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we go to that. We go to Instagram. We never have a real touchy-feely thing with those friends. It's social media. And sometimes that can lead to places where, oh, it's difficult, looking at all the friendships. And so we're in a society, we're in a place where, We've got all these friendships, and we know friendship is good. We know that it's important to have friends around us. But we sometimes don't know exactly what's God's perspective on this. Or is there stories like that in the Bible that helps us with our friendships? And I want to come tonight, and I want to bring the book of Thessalonians into this, the face of friendship. And I want to encourage you guys tonight, so when you walk out here tonight... I want you to feel encouraged to go to your friends and to either mend friendships again, to get friends around you, and also to remember as you walk out here tonight that the one that sticks all friendships together the best is how you are in relationship with Jesus Christ. I said to the guys in the pre-service prayer, if it wasn't for my relationship with Jesus, I would not be the same person right now. I was not a nice person. I was very social still before I gave my heart completely to the Lord, but I wasn't a very nice, honest person. So I could use my, I want to almost say my giftings in the wrong ways. Nowadays, God uses my giftings that He's placed inside of me for the right things in relationships. So I'm going to start reading in the book of Thessalonians, sorry, First Thessalonians. And I just want to share with you, as the Lord shared with me regarding this, it's Paul's longing to see the Thessalonians. So what happened was, is oof, next week, come back next week. Next week's going to be a very different evening service. This place is going to look different, I'm just saying. 
But next week I will focus on the three weeks that Paul has spent, just plus minus more, more than three weeks he spent with the Thessalonians. And that caused an uproar in the city. Okay, so next week that will happen. But tonight, with the background of Paul going to the Thessalonians, he has had such a longing to see them. And that's why I want to read and use him as an example for friendship. It says there in verse 17, so if you want to turn there, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 17, it says, But brothers, when we were torn away from you for the short time, in person, not in thought, out of the intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did. So it says he had a really big relationship with these people. Again and again, but Satan stopped us. And I want to pause there. Satan stopped us. He had such a longing to go and be with these friends of his that he, oh man, that he lived with them for a short period of time. And they've grown deep into his heart. And I want to say that sometimes, in, no, not sometimes, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. Jesus wants, is here to give life and life in abundance in our friendships. Okay? You hear your life, guys? You know you've made really solid friendships this year. Okay? But the one place where Satan can come in is when he can bring isolation. So in friendships, if he can isolate you to one side and you think, oh, those 30 people together really have a great time and I'm here on my own. Then the devil can bring lies, he can start bringing confusion, he can bring doubt and all sorts of things to you. So Satan, we don't know in this context what Satan did to stop them. It could have been a sickness, could have been anything. But I get a sense that it was a good place where he was trying to isolate Paul from these people. Paul had such a longing and he knew if Paul was with these people, man, things happened. How many of you know where Paul went, things happened, right? Cool. Okay, so we go from there. So, for what is our hope, our joy, or our crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are the glory and the joy. Our highest reward is not a Ferrari, is not a house. Our highest reward is when we can actually make a disciple that makes disciples, someone that we can encourage and through our lives, we can get someone to start serving Jesus as well. And that person in return goes and makes other disciples and gets them to come to the Lord. That is our highest reward. It's such a joy. And then we go on. I'm going to read this whole thing. Okay, hold on. Then in chapter 3. So when we would stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in spreading the gospel of Christ and strengthening and encouraging you in our faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. Um, Paul had also a big longing for the Thessalonians because they were going through hectic trials. They were being persecuted. Um, in next week, I'll go more into the things of, you know, Paul was urging them to stay holy because in the scenario and the environment where there is, were, were very similar to ours. It was very ungodly. People were doing things. They, there was corruption. There was all sorts of things. There were persecutions. And um, so Paul said, we were going through trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them, these trials. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that they, we will be persecuted. Hectic. 
And it turned out that way. As you well know, for the river, um, sorry, for the reason, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. And then what Paul did is he sent Timothy to them. Now, Timothy was the guy that went with Paul everywhere. Paul took him in. Paul really had a, a good, solid relationship. They were good friends with Timothy. And so, I don't know who of you were in the morning service, but Pastor Louis also said this morning, it was so nice to hear how as Paul sent Timothy, this is how the friendship was, because Timothy was the one that took care of Paul. He went with Paul everywhere. So if Paul was beaten up, Timothy was the one that probably helped rub the wounds a bit. When Paul was almost stoned, you know, Timothy might have been there to just help him carry, <laughs> help carry him away, seeing that there was a breath coming out of his lungs. So from this friendship, Paul said, I can send this guy to come and find out how you guys are doing. And so he sent Timothy. So, you know, so sometimes friendships are sacrificial. I sacrifice my time with you so that I know that you will go somewhere and do something else that's better than just sitting with me. Because I'm okay. I recently have a friend that um, moved to New Zealand. Um, we became very close friends in a short, short space of time. And the guy said to me the one day, he says, pray for me. I feel you must pray for me for a country. I'm like, yo, okay. And so I started praying for a country. Lord, I don't know why he said that. Then a month later, he says to me, God showed me New Zealand. I'm like, okay. And he's there now. Literally within a space of two months, God's provided, did everything, and he's in New Zealand. So it was literally took, 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 friend out of my life in New Zealand. And yeah, so stick close. If you want to move overseas, I've got a lot of friends that moved since they got to know me. <laughs> but, but what was interesting is when we went with him to the airport and we could pray with him there just before he went, we felt it's like a sending thing. Lord, I'm sending this friend. Although I don't want him to go, he means a lot to me. I'm sending him to New Zealand. I'm giving him to New Zealand. I might be losing something, but they're definitely gaining. And in a short space of time, like two weeks, he found a church, he found a CrossFit box, he found a house and a car for his wife. This guy's a mover. He's like... So it's really cool, but just to see how God's providing for him, because he's moving in with the Lord. He said to me, if I go to New Zealand for one person, it's all worth it. It's really, really cool. So yeah, so Timothy went and he encouraged the people. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. When Olivia and I, I just told you of a friend of myself that, that left, but many times Olivia and myself, we've had friends over the years I just almost gave my age away earlier, but we've had friends since we were married. It's almost 17 years. Friends since then, and they've moved over the place. And so many times we feel such a longing in our hearts for those friends. And I can relate with Paul in this, that I'm so happy that it's going well for you. We once had friends that, excuse me, when they said we're going to move to some other town in South Africa, 
It's horrible. I thought Pretoria was the only town. But anyway, when they said they felt it was time for them to move, we felt very hot so in our hearts. But again, we said, Lord, we'll let them go. We're still very close friends. But since they've moved, when they were there, there was such growth in their lives. Because the, for the first time, they really heard the Lord and said, we need to move. We're hearing God's voice. We're going to move on this. And they can see how God started blessing them as they stepped out in obedience to him. So I can relate to Paul when he says, I'm so happy that it's going well with you. You sometimes have such a longing for someone. And I want to bring this in here. That as I speak, you must start thinking that the Father has got such a longing to be in such a friendship with you. As we speak about friendships tonight, I'm not just saying friends with people, but you must know that that is exactly this, why Jesus came. So that the relationship and friendship between us and the Father can be restored. And anybody who calls on the name of Jesus and start following Jesus can have that relationship with the Father, that longing relationship that He wants to see you face to face. Almost coming to an end. Night and day, this is so beautiful. Night and day we pray, pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your life. I really, before I started preaching tonight, as I was preparing this, I really felt, and I, I want to I step away from the Bible for a while, I, I really felt that God wants to come into such a close relationship with you guys. And the thing I felt in my heart is, if we have such a real relationship with Jesus, then He will be real for you in your friendships, whoever you come in contact with. So if I have a real relationship with Jesus in my heart, then anybody I come in contact with will also have a real experience of Jesus. And I feel that God wants to bring something to our hearts tonight that says, I want to be this real to you. That as Kewen is sitting here in front of me, this close, I want to, you know, sometimes I just do something you know, just for something different. I will be with someone. I'm not like this. I've got personal space. I really... I know you might not think that, but I've got personal space where I don't want someone to be too close to me. But sometimes I challenge myself to be really close to someone. Um, you know, sometimes you would sit at the table and your foot would touch someone's foot under the table. Okay? If it's not freaky, freaky, not your girlfriend. It's someone strange, you know? And sometimes I just leave my foot there. Because I immediately want to take it away, but I want to see, is this person going to get uncomfortable? You know, just to, just to feel it going, you know. I, I, I see that some of you have that experience as well. You immediately want to take away your foot. But sometimes I just don't. Or someone walks past me and I can see this is a serious introvert. I'm not, I'm not mocking the introverts again. I, I know that that's personality. But I like to sometimes just stand very close to an introvert and be there, you know, and see the reactions. But I feel that the Lord says that was, that's exactly what He wants with you. You want to step into that personal space where you sometimes build things around you. And I've got a personal space. You know, don't, don't step into my, I almost said aura. Don't step into this. I want to keep you away. But God says, I want to step in. 
I want to really come close. I want you to see me this close. And I feel that's what the Lord wants to do here tonight for you. And for the story of Paul, when it comes to the Thessalonians, in him saying, I was longing to be with you guys so much that we must learn from this, learn from this friendship that he had with them. Not just so that we have friendships with the people around us here, your close friendships here, but also with the Lord. And from our relationship with the Lord, we can start building proper friendships around us. See, kingdom is when I have a relationship with someone in a friendship and I sacrifice. I'm thinking of what Jesus said in John, where he said no one had a friend like this that gave his own life for that friend. Jesus said, I gave my life so I can become your friend. And if there's one thing I can leave with you tonight is we love because Jesus and God first loved us. It's not the other way around. He loved us first. It's 1 John 4. So if we step out of here tonight into the following week, maybe there's people that's not your friends at work, at university, wherever you might find yourself. But God wants you to become that person's friend, to show Jesus to them. I want to share one last story with you before I, I, I want to pray for you guys. But I want to share one last story. The Lord has been pressing on my heart a lot the last while. I don't know if it's because we've been in the faith promise season with the missions and everything, but all of a sudden there's just missionaries around me the whole time. If I meet someone, they say, I'm a missionary from this place. I'm like, wow. You know, you go to another place, no, we're a missionary. The other day we walked into Parkview, the shopping center there in Gaarsfontein, you know, and we meet, because Olivia dragged me into the shop, she wanted to see certain things, she heard there's Egyptian things there, you know, so we were in there. And um, we saw this guy, and he says, my name is so-and-so, my name means smile. I'm like, that's so cool. I was a missionary. And I'm like, wow, another missionary. You know, so just all around me, God's been showing me missions, missions, missions. And I really feel there's a pressing on my heart, and maybe the Lord's speaking to you tonight as well. If I sit here... And that guy sits over there, let's say, at my workspace. I'm at this table and that guy's at that table. I might not like him, but I don't know if he's going to heaven or to hell. And I might be the last chance this guy had, the last seed to sow something into his life of him accepting Jesus. I'm not saying that, I don't want to put a guilt trip on you guys, but that's where the Lord's been dealing with me in my heart. The other day someone said something to me, they don't want to be in a situation like this again. You know, they're they scared, they got a fright. And I said, but if you don't want to be in that situation where you got a fright, then the person that gave you the fright is still going to hell. But if you come in and ask the Lord for wisdom, you might just be the last person to come to that person and tell him about Jesus. And we mustn't be scared to say, listen, do you know Jesus? Once you've got a relationship, I shared it the last time with you guys. Once you have a relationship with someone, it's so much easier to say, do you know Jesus, than when you don't know a person. It sometimes can be a bit freaky. But as the Lord leads you, you should step in and be obedient to what he leads you. 
So there's two things I would like to pray for us for tonight. Maybe while I was speaking, you felt, but I've been feeling left out that I don't have friends. I've been feeling I need more friends in my life. Firstly, I want to maybe ask you to say like, like we were singing, Lord, look at our hearts. KB was reading it as well. Maybe look at your heart. Say, Lord, me first. Why do I not have friends? Make me more like Jesus. Because if you accept Jesus and you serve him full out, Jesus attracted crowds to him. You will start attracting people to you. So that's the first place. If you feel you need, you need friends in your life, I'm not going to ask you to stand or so, but I want to pray tonight that the Lord will really help you to get friends. It's important. It's important that we have a support structure around us. And then secondly, I also want to pray for something that maybe there's areas in your life that you need to relook and say, Lord, I need restoration in friendships. And it is so important that if I know there's something wrong with a friend of mine, but something between us, maybe it's not something I have to go to them and say, hey, this and this and this, I forgive you. Sometimes that might just cause something worse. Maybe it's in your heart that you need to work through this. I had that experience the other day, and um, yeah, I, maybe I should share that with you. Someone texted me and said, Tonight in the service, but this was now, they're not living even in Pretoria. They said, tonight in the service where they were in church, they really felt the freedom. And he just wants to say, he forgives me for what I did to him when we were in standard three. What's that? Grade five. <laughs> so now I'm curious what I did. But <laughs> it's so interesting. I text back and I said, I'm really glad that you are free now. But brought up so many questions in me. So sometimes God just shows you something, and you don't have to call the person and say, I release you now. You know, maybe God just wants to release you, and you were holding yourself in bondage, and you were holding this rope, and you could have just let go long ago and stand at five maybe. I don't know. But I want to say that allow the Lord to work in your heart, and allow the Lord to build friendships around you, through you. Because, man, there is strength in numbers. There is so much strength in numbers. So let us pray. I want you to just sit where you're at. I'm going to pray for those two things. Father, thank you that I can pray for everybody that's sitting in front of me. Lord, maybe you've been working in people's hearts and they feel friendship is not really my thing. I'm struggling. I don't have a lot of friends. I feel out. I first want to say that if you feel out and you have to act a certain way to be part of friends that's not from God, then don't put that pressure on yourself. The Lord says He accepts you as you are. Father, I pray for people that as they feel left out, I pray that you will make them feel included. That they will firstly in you find strength and find friendship and find relationship. And I pray that where there's people that may be feeling alone if they've moved from another place into this town and they're just really lonely, 
I pray that tonight you will help them to connect with people. And in this week, people will come alongside them to become their friends. So that they won't have to go through anything alone anymore from you. And Lord, if there's people here that needs to restore friendships, I pray that you will point out to them what they need to do to restore the relationships that are broken. If they need to go to the person, if it's good friendships, and say, forgive me, not I forgive you, but forgive me, I pray that you'll give them the boldness to do that and that friendships and relationships will be restored. And as they step out in obedience to do that, that they will come closer to you as well. And then lastly, I feel to pray for people that feel they're far away from you, Lord. And as I spoke tonight, they don't really feel that they're your friend or you their friend. I pray that tonight you will birth something new, like Jason said earlier, that a seed will sprung forth tonight that'll help them to become your best friend and you theirs. I feel to tell you that the Lord says, if you come closer, I will come closer much faster than you think. If you just think you want to be my friend, I will be there and I'll be your best friend for life. But it's going to take from your side to step out. Lord, for people that don't know how to start or how to start a friendship with you, or maybe they've been struggling and pushing in and pushing in and asking, Lord, I've been pushing hard in this friendship. Lord, I pray that you will help them to relax in you. Just to sit at your feet and deal with the silence of sitting at the Father's feet. And I pray that in that you will start speaking to them so that they hear your voice. I even pray, Lord, that as we pray right now, that people will start feeling your touch and your love moving in their hearts. Remember earlier I said, I don't think that's it. There's more. Lord, with you, it's never enough. I pray that you will fill your people's hearts with love to overflowing. That they will experience your touch, your kindness, your goodness, your mercy. That they won't just see things, what people write on social media. That we will experience firsthand your presence, your friendship. I pray that we will just accept your love. You are such a good, good Father. So Lord, I pray that as we go into this week, that you will protect us. I pray that your goodness and mercy will follow us. Lord, I pray that you bless everybody, bless them indeed. Enlarge their territory, keep them from evil, help them to cause no harm.
I pray, Father, that we will be blessed in the coming and the going. I see a picture of some of you climbing in a Ferrari. I see a picture of some of you climbing in a little Fuller. I see a picture of some of you climbing on an airplane. But I see a smile on everybody's face. And I feel to say this to you, whatever lies ahead in this week, count your blessings. Whatever God brings across your path, no matter what vehicle you should travel in this week, I see you smiling. And I want you to take that word tonight. I don't know what's lying ahead for your week. But let there be a skip in your step in whatever the Lord brings across your path. Amen. Amen. You guys must have a great evening, a blessed week. We'll see you next Sunday night.